Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 6, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Nah, vaguely. I mean, vaguely. I'm a shell of who I once was, I guess. Aren't we all? Yeah, aren't exactly. we all? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Ashley, you saw me last night. I did I not did. see you. Yeah, I saw uh, your head. You saw the back of my head. Yeah. yeah, with the lights shining off of it at 54 Below, because <laughs> I was at 54 Below for 54, 54, 54, which I will talk about here later in the show mm-hmm. you watched via the live stream I and did. saw like half of the audience was people that you knew yeah there was a good number of people uh that i recognized around the room i had some messages mm-hmm. being like hey uh i guess i'll see you at 54 and it's like hey guess what i have as of tuesday i guess that was at this point test positive for covid so i'm not anywhere except in the corners of my mind and my little inwood apartment we will talk about that at the end of the show real quick. Also mention the fact that I saw For Colored Girls uh, at the Booth Theater before I went to 54, so we'll get into that. And real quick before we get into the rest of the news, I'm not we're not going to talk about this because this is an ongoing process, mm. but it was reported on Thursday that the raising of the Palace Theater 30 feet above street level has been completed. Um, It is now going to turn the focus of the project onto restoring the theater. Um, Of course, they are now kind of doing the whole thing where they're going to put retail shops underneath the palace. The palace will now be on the Mm -hmm. third floor or whatever. Um, Who knows how long that is going to take. We will obviously see the last show that played the palace was SpongeBob the Musical in 2018. Obviously, there was the pandemic in between, so it wasn't like they've been working this whole time, but... Anyway, let's (laughs) get into the news. On a recent episode of This Week in Theater, I spoke with uh, Stephanie Fry from the Actors' Equity Association about the union's efforts to help the non-equity tour of Waitress unionize, given some of the unusual fact, uh, the unusual circumstances around the fact that there was both a union and a non-union tour going out of the show at the same time. Mm -hmm. However, on Thursday, the union withdrew its election petition with the National Labor Relations Board, opting not to go that route for a very specific reason. Instead, they have filed a grievance against Namco, which is the producing company behind Waitress on Broadway. And what they are trying to do is file this grievance, uh, what's called a double-breasted violation, meaning that there is both a union and a non-union tour at the same time. The executive director of AEA, Alvin Vincent Jr., said, quote, they should all be union, so we'll go after those who want to abuse that system Mm. of engaging with lower labor costs to the detriment of the actors. This double-breasted grievance is actually filed with the Broadway League. So we'll see how that goes. And it points out Mm. to some violations between the contract um, with, with the league, with its producers and how they set up the different touring agreements. So what the complaint is actually looking to do is to say that, um, they have to get rid of either the CETA contract or the production contract mm-hmm. in this situation with Waitress and to figure out what applies to this non-union tour. They are also asking for a cease and desist order against Namco or any of the other various organizations with uh, they're not allowed to send out non-union tours and they would go uh, in front of an arbitrator to figure this out. Um, what they are looking to do is they would um, 
be looking for back pay and, um, you know, pension and 401k stuff for the members of the non waitress tour. Mm-hmm. That show is scheduled to close on June, tw- uh, in June of 2012. I actually have a ticket to the final performance of that non oh, nice. tour. Um, but they are actually potentially reopening in January 2023. What's interesting about this is it sounds like from the wording here is that in one way or another, this is setting up equity to attempt to stop all non-union tours from mm-hmm. producers of Broadway shows. So Broadway league producers. And I could be over analyzing this a little bit, but it sounds like what they're it's saying hard is to it, tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not lawyers and not yeah. all that intelligent, but um, it sounds like they're laying the groundwork for saying, look, you are Broadway league members. We need, these need to be union contracts moving forward, especially if you have, um, investments in Broadway versions of the show that are still running, especially. Yeah. Um, obviously, most of the time, non-union shows go out for shows that are closed on Broadway. Um, but Usually, yeah. it's interesting to see how they do this. Um, and I would love to get some more, you know, in-depth looks at what this means moving forward. But it is a very interesting and complicated situation Absolutely. that I think has a lot of ramifications moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think no matter what this comes down to, it is at least someone trying to protect artists from getting into extremely underpaid positions that these non-union tours get put into. Uh, so at least there's something happening. As you said, we don't really know the full details of everything. and We certainly don't have the legalese for all no. of this. But yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens going forward with it. Yeah, it is um, uh, an interesting thing. We will see what happens there. The next thing, though, that we do actually know something about, thanks to the third and final rulings from the Tony Awards Administration Committee, is who will be in what certain categories Mm -hmm. coming up. So in this final ruling, they talked about a variety of shows in this last segment of the Broadway season. They normally do four of these rulings. They only did three because of the weird segments uh, mm. of the season. Things that were in this uh, this ruling was Plaza Suite, Paradise Square, Take Me Out, Birthday Candles, American Buffalo, The Minutes, How I Learned to Drive for Colored Girls, Hangman, Funny Girl, Skin of Our, uh, Skin of Our Teeth, A Strange Loop, POTUS, um, Mr. Saturday Night, and Macbeth. Not a mm. ton of... Of things in there to uh, you know that were, were shocking. Uh, Jakina Kalakongo is the only member of the Paradise Square cast to be considered in a leading category. Mm, yeah, Darren, that makes sense. Yeah, Darren Chris is the only member of the American Buffalo cast that'll be in a featured category. Mm. How, How I Learned to Drive will be eligible for revival of a play because even though um, this is its uh, yeah. its Broadway debut, it's considered part of the it's canon still, because it's been yeah. so long. Um, David Morris and Mary Louise Parker will both be considered in leading categories, even though they are bu- uh, below the title. Um, David Threlfall is the only member of Hangman's cast that will be considered in a leading category. Jane Lynch and Jared Crimes will both be considered in featured categories, even though they are above the title. Um, Gabby Beans, James Vincent Meredith, Rosalind uh, Ruff will all be considered in the leading categories for Skin of Our Teeth. Jaquel Spivey, unsurprisingly, lead actor in a musical category for A Strange Loop, despite Featured not being Tony above the title. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, pretty much fairly standard and all of this stuff, but it is nice to have, yeah, but it's nice to have those, you know, finalized because we are going to get the rulings on Monday or the, uh, the nominations on Monday. 
So yeah. we are ready was, to rock and roll. I was roll. just about to say. We got our nominations day. By the time we have our next episode, we'll have nominations out. Uh, or no, not even, because we record well, Sunday we'll night. See, that's Monday how broken of a shell of a woman I am. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, nominations Monday. We've got our Tony's host. We got a Tony's date. We are ready to go, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up, we got the Off-Broadway Alliance Award nominations on Thursday as well. Going to run through some of the major categories here. In the Best New Musical category, we had Kimberly Akimbo, Harmony, Black No More, Intimate Apparel, and Cole Country. Best New Play included Prayer for the French Republic, Sanctuary City, Jane Anger, English, A Sherlock Carol, and Trial on the Potomac. <laughs> Best Revival, which combines both plays and musicals, uh, features Assassins, Sistas, the Musical, Merry Wives, the the daughter-in-law and Mrs. Warren's profession. Best the uh, unique theatrical experience were Oratorio for Living Things, The Hang, Islander, Blindness, and Boracoco. Uh, best solo performance, uh, Little Blue Girl, Just for Us, Christina Wong, Sweatshop Overlord, Is There Still Sex in the City? How the hell did I get here? Um, and then they also include two different categories of non-competitive awards. Legends of Off-Broadway Award will go to Richard Nelson and Albert Berg get. Um, the Off-Broadway Hall of Fame will include inductees Ed Bullens and Arthur French and Lisa Baines. All right, real quick, before we get into the rest of the news, we want to talk about our dear, dear friend, Robbie Rizal. I spent the evening with Robbie. I was going to say uh, theater first, buddy of last yeah, night, at least. Yes, uh, we first went to for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. We sat in the very front row of the Booth mm. Theater, um, and then we went uptown or up a, a, a few blocks to 54 below to see 54 54 54 there is no better theater friend than robbie Rizal. True, he knows true. everybody he knows everyone he is funny he is insightful he is witty he is incredibly talented and if you are in london you can experience that firsthand because he is bringing his very unique and special brand of cabaret and comedy to crazy cocks in the uk on May 15th, he will be joined by West End Hamilton cast member Aaron Lee Lambert, and he will be bringing all of his melodies. We were talking a little bit about the show um, yesterday. He's been a little under the weather with um, a sinus infection, but he's mm-hmm. been working through everything. Um, he's very much looking forward to that. But if you are not going to be in the UK next week and you're in New York City instead, the day before the Tony Awards, he will be making his Green Room 42 debut in a new show called Pretty, Witty, and Gay on June 11th. We will have a link to um, b- uh, where you can get tickets for both of those shows in the show notes and at broadwayradio.com. And I'm not spilling any tea because he kind of alluded to some of these things on Twitter on Thursday, but Robbie has a lot of announcements coming up. Like, lots He's and lots of He's a very busy man. Very busy. Very bu- And very important and very funny. Yes, yes. Um, but all of International those things... International superstar, cabaret <laughs> sensation, Robbie Rizal. When we went into the booth, we were in the front row, the far house right side, which are still great seats. But he went in and sat uh-huh. in the corner, and I went to the bathroom, and I, I came back, and I was like, Robbie, sit, move move over. I'll sit on the very end, uh, you know, in the corner. Um, you're an international cabaret superstar. You <laughs> should sit there. And he didn't, he didn't move, though. Ooh, but, of course not. Uh, He's uh, that humble and generous. That's why. Yes, he is. 
All right, let's get into the news. We have a few more stories here that I uh, uh, I want to talk about. First up, COVID strikes again before the pandemic began back in actually, it was actually announced in 2019, I believe. We were supposed to get Timothy Chalamet's West End debut and Amy Herzog's play 4,000 Miles. He was set to co-star opposite Dame Eileen Atkins. However, the young or the old Vic has unfortunately been unable to schedule uh, the return of this show, presumably because Timothy Chalamet is now one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. He's a busy. He's also a busy man. Busy, yeah. So doing they have the Dune Part Two. So. Dune Part Two, living in the sands. Exactly. Um, and unfortunately, they've just canceled. They said, following its postponement during the pandemic, and despite an enormous amount of effort from all involved, we have now sadly and reluctantly concluded that we are unable to reschedule the show at a time possible for everyone. Timmy involved so that's disappointing but not a surprise there's been a lot of of scheduling casualties uh due to the pandemic and this is one that i'm sure many people will be disappointed about Mm -hmm. but deadline who broke that story uh or at least reported that story uh taketh away but they also give it because peter morgan Mm -hmm. um the creator of the crown will be bringing a new play to the stage. And this was reported by recent deadline uh, addition to the roster, Baz Bama Boy. Mm-hmm. The new show will be called Patriot, and it will focus on Russian oligarchs. And it has been fast-tracked to have a world premiere at London's Almeida Theater in July, starring Tom Hollander. Um, he was most, he's been on Broadway recently, also was fantastic in the limited series, The Night Manager. Um, he was really good in that. He plays, oh, yeah. he was really good, um, plays Boris Berezovsky, a one-time real life ally of Vladimir Putin. Um, this sounds great. If you like the crown and kind of this elevated, interesting historical drama. Peter Morgan does it well. Yeah, you know that this is going to be a very, very interesting and exciting uh, show coming up very soon, like in two months. uh, Immediately. It's happening now, in fact. It is. It's actually over. The show's already ended. Sorry, you missed it. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of very exciting things that are happening very soon, uh, earlier this week, the La Jolla Playhouse announced the upcoming cast of, I think this is technically the world premiere. I'm not exactly sure how they did it because they had like a workshop run up at uh, Williamstown Theater Festival a couple Mm -hmm. years ago, but... The at least the out of town Broadway bound tryout for the new musical Limpica. It is uh, it features a book and lyrics and original concept by Carson Kreitzer and a book in music by Matt Gould. It is choreographed by Roger Feather Kelly and directed by the always incomparable Rachel Chavkin. Um, a lot of these folks have been with the production for a while, especially Eden Espinosa, starring as a Tamara de Lampica. Yeah. Amber Amon will be playing Raffaele, except for two weeks of the run, um, in which she will be out from July 12th through the 24th. Uh, Zimone Rose will be replacing her. Robbie and I talked about this yesterday. We don't know if that has maybe something to do with the release of her Audible album um, that she Mm, recorded. We're we're not sure what that's all about. Um, But she will be the co-star. Also in the cast will be uh, George Abood, Natalie Joy Johnson, Jacqueline Ritz, Andrew Szymanski, and Jordan Tyson, amongst others in the ensemble the show will run june 14th through july 24th so uh amber mon actually misses the last two weeks of that run um but uh, unless something really 
crazy changes. You're going to be able to see mm. this on Broadway, but it'll be very oh, exciting yeah. to see it at La Jolla. Future Tony winner. Yeah, I've been saying that for years and the pandemic threw off my predictions. But anyway, um, tickets go on sale on May 12th. So real quick, I want to run through the two shows that I saw on Wednesday night. We, as I said, we started our evening at uh, the Booth Theater to see Intazaki Shan Gaze for Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough. Um, unfortunately, there was almost nobody in the audience. It was uh, really, really heartbreaking. That's really disappointing. Um, but it was such a tremendous show. There were two. Um, understudies on and in the role of the uh, lady in green, we had Alexis Sims and on for the lady in purple uh, was Trishel Edmond. The rest of the cast, including uh, Kenita R. Miller and Stacey Sargent um, and, and others were in. It was remarkable. I mean, there is no doubt that Camille A. Brown is a literal genius when it comes to staging shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Everybody in the cast, regular person in their role, um, understudy, standby, whatever, was fantastic. They all had great moments to shine. But I will say, Robbie and I, if you've seen the show, you you know why we did this as soon as we got up. Um, both looked at each other and basically at the same time said, oh, Kanita's going to win a Tony. Uh, so that That's was, the word around town. Yeah. I mean, and I have not done the breaking down of like, oh, who's in what category and what's competing and all that sure. stuff. Because Can feature Monday. Yeah, well, I actually am doing it for the Broadway World Awards. I just haven't <laughs> looked yet. Oh, great. Um, okay. But the, um, that category is always huge. Like the featured mm-hmm. categories and plays have like dozens and dozens of people. So you have to kind of like whittle down like, oh, are they really not, you know, going to get nominated? But she absolutely deserves a nomination. And I'm so sad that people aren't seeing this show because it really is something special. Totally. And it might not be like the choreo poem of it all might not be something that you think you're going to like, but it is yeah. something that needs to be seen because it is so unique. And who knows when you're going to get to see a production of this show or anything like it True. at this level of talent again. I see it next week. Finally, oh, thank goodness. Um, I, but I think that is the thing. I think people saw the word choreo poem and kind of freaked out a little bit and didn't know what to do with it. And that's disappointing because I kind of wish that people went into it with the same open-eyed, yeah. open-minded optimism that people went to oratorio with. Yeah. And obviously, Broadway versus Off-Broadway is, of is a little different totally, thing. Totally different, but still experimental experiences yeah, and received very differently. Both were received very well in terms of the critical response. Right. Um, and I believe the Off-Broadway production that preceded this one at the public, even though it has had some significant changes, especially Camille A. Brown moving from just choreographer to chore- choreographer and director. Um mm-hmm. It had a, a pretty decent run in terms of audience uh, there. But again, off-Broadway, a much different deal. Yep. Um, but we went Wrong from... Venues. Yeah. We went from the booth to 54, as I said, to see 54, 54, 54. If you're unfamiliar with what this is, um, on May 4th, 5-4, um, for the past few Damn. years, it started on uh, in 2018 and then happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then they obviously took a couple years off. What they do is, is they bring 54 performers in to do 54 second songs. Um, it is as bonkers and as harried and manic (laughs) and hectic as you would imagine. Um, Some great people that you may have heard of, even one Grace Aki um, was in there. Yep. Who? Um, People that I've never heard of, um, but were also Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, I will point out 
some of them, I, I, and they don't give you a program, so I don't know any of these people's names. So I'm just going to kind of be going off of like, oh, this person. Um, I was going to say, except for like the people that we know from Broadway and who are right. currently in shows. Exactly, exactly. Well, one person who is currently in a show um, that I actually mentioned earlier in terms of um, the Off-Broadway Award, uh, Off-Broadway Alliance nominations, is one of the stars of the musical Islander, which mm-hmm. came over from Scotland and the Edinburgh French Festival. She came out and sang... Um, being alive like she dove in like mid belt it was hilarious like that's where (laughs) she chose to start it but she was great and had like a not insignificant brogue um singing it as well oh yeah (laughs) which was very fun to hear um some people might have been sending text messages saying that Katrina Link was shaking in her boots, but I was not one of them. Uh, I was, I may have been thinking yeah. some things. So that was great. Um, uh, there were people who sang songs that I did not, I never heard of that were really good. Perhaps the most famous person in the Broadway circles that was there was uh, Isabel McCalla. Um, mm-hmm. One of the last, and in a thing where you're only doing 54 seconds, like you've got to have a bit, like you've got to have a gimmick if you want to have a chance. you got to have a gimmick, baby, yeah. Her gimmick was excellent. Was perfect, and she's so funny and has such great timing. She it did, was very Kristen Wiggy. It very very much was. It was hilarious. Yeah. She did the tequila song, like from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, like exactly. And what's funny about it was is she didn't sing the first tequila. She let the audience sing it. So like the only time she sang in the fifty four seconds was <laughs> after taking a shot from her roommate and fellow 54-54-54 performer Ali Fishman brought her over an actual tequila. She throws down the shot of tequila and at the very end says, tequila. So yeah. it was good. Like, that's what <laughs> you good. do there. Grace, um, I, Robbie texted me today and said, I, I'm still thinking about how uncomfortable you were during Grace's bit last <laughs> night. Because Oh, I bet. Uh, As you all know, my secondhand embarrassment is high. And like the content of Grace's bit didn't bother me. It was the content of Grace's bit coming from somebody that I know and love dearly and consider like a little sister. It was a lot. (laughs) Um, And then she tried to talk. Her and Robbie talked about it after the show. And I was like, ah, la, 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 la. Um, so that was a lot. You're a squirmy man. You're a squirmy man. Um, Yeah. uh, I texted her immediately to told her, tell her she landed it, which yeah, she, of oh, course, absolutely. did. Yeah, she yeah. was great. Um, Alex Silver, who is the husband of longtime Broadway radio friend Alexandra Silber, very mm-hmm. close names, very confusing. He was great. He sang a song um, about not having any fucks to give, and Robbie's going to steal it for a cabaret show. Good. And then got to spend a lot of time with Al Silber, um, Al and Alec, uh, after the third we hung out for a while and then we went on the subway together and uh al's long been she was my first guest on tell me more and she is still one of the best interviews i've ever had and that's she said i we james and i actually collectively gave her the best interview she ever had great storyteller um so it was nice to see her but anyway we've been babbling on here it was a great night but uh all right i'm gonna wrap this up actually because i have to get into the city to see to see. Into the woods. I got to get yeah. into the woods. And I'm yeah. sorry that you are Less aren't. into the city, all more into the woods. That's okay. I, uh, I'm suffering, but my ticket went to my dearest of friends Good. for last night, thankfully. So I got the recap and 
you can have a good time. That's all I can say. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Review Matt. That was a mess. But anyway, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me at Twitter and Instagram. And this is Ashley. That's like, actually, I met Janet Krupa last night, who is a Broadway star. She's a good friend with Robbie's. And, um, Oh, hi, I'm Janet. Nice to meet you. And I was like, I just couldn't get words out. Not that I was like starstruck, although I did no. love her in Bring It On, the musical. And Robbie and sure. I were actually talking about Bring It On on our way over to 54 Below. Uh, but it was just like, man, I feel like a complete idiot. I can't get words out. And that was embarrassing. I've met her before, actually, damn. at one of damn, Robbie's damn. concerts. But Well, see, then she obviously remembers your name and everything that no. you had to say anyway. So you're safe. Yeah, I look a little different than the last time I met her. But anyway, well. um, there's that. But anyway, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I'll have an interview coming up in the podcast feed over the weekend so stay tuned for that have a wonderful weekend we'll be back to talk to you on monday 